these are. <laughs> no fear. No political correctness. No wokeism. You're listening to Underground USA. Thanks for downloading and tuning in. My name is Frank Salvato. Before we get to this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder, I wanted to expound a little bit about what we talked about and urge you to go over to undergroundusa.com and read the featured article, Understanding That the Federal Reserve Isn't a Government Entity. There's a great short 29-minute video over there. It's animated and it's got some entertainment value. That's just a vehicle to get you to understand what is in the content. This video explains the genesis and all of the nefarious actions of the Federal Reserve, bringing us up to date with what they have done to the American people, the economy of the United States, and the economy of the world. The Federal Reserve is not your friend. It is not something that protects you, even though they have their minion FDIC. It is something that fleeces the taxpayers, manipulates the value of money, and it is increasingly proprietary when it comes to the economy. They are extremely anti-cryptosphere. They hate Bitcoin. They hate Ethereum. They hate the entire sphere for one reason and one reason only. They can't control it. Please watch the video. After that, Once you're ticked, and I know you will be, please pick up the book The Creature from Jekyll Island and read it cover to cover. You will never look at the Federal Reserve or our federal government or the progressive left quite the same ever again. Right now, this morning's segment on Talk Back with Chuck Wilder. Mr. Savato, welcome. How are you? How are you? Mr. Wilder. I am fair to partly cloudy today, by the way. I just wanted to give that information well, to you. For the... at, at least you're not having a, a blizzard. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. Uh, And I think maybe the rain has stopped, you know? Wasn't there a song about that, Who'll Stop the Rain? Who'll Stop the Rain? Um, there's a, a Roberta Flack had another one. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Yeah, there you go. And Don't Rain on Me. I don't think. Rain on Me. Yeah. Okay. So now we talk about it, and it'll probably start pouring down here in just a minute. Yes. Hey, it's Southern. It never rains in Southern California. <laughs> oh, there's a good one. How, that, yeah. That's shame on me, man. Here I am in Southern California, and uh, golly, golly. Yeah, take takes that takes that old curmudgeon for from all over the other side of yeah. the country. You know, I had a teacher uh, <clears throat> when I was in grade school, and uh, he would never let. Any anyone use the word golly because he said it was a reference to God and it was uh, negative and uh, really and I, and I yeah and I kind of wondered maybe that's where it came from golly what's wrong blame it on yeah, I, I don't I don't I've never I've never heard that before so see you, you learn something new every day well he was the first and I've never heard it before either and I and I I didn't necessarily believe him but I wanted to get at least a <laughs> C plus <laughs> you know yeah yeah. <clears throat> well, sometimes it's hard to understand things, and and words are kind of tricky. 
You know what? And and I think the thing that brought me up to saying, you know, about how he referred to, if you said godly, it was uh, you were using God's name wrong. And sometimes it's it's you you look at things and and they're deceiving. And one of the most deceiving things is the uh, Federal Reserve, right? A Federal yeah. Reserve doesn't Federal usually tie into the government? Well, you you would. You would assume so. Mm-hmm. If, if something is, is something, you know, when we talk about uh, sports leagues and things that we always say national because it refers to the nation. But right. when federal is in the title, it implies that it's part of the federal government. So it's, it's easy to make that mistake. But the Federal Reserve is not part of the federal government. It is a private conglomeration of the biggest banks in the world that have have finagled legislation out of Congress to, with certain oversights, run the money. Hmm. You guys can run the money. You're you're tasked with making sure employment is 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 full and the economy runs smoothly and the interest rates control inflation, and uh, that's what they're tasked with. And as we as we can all feel today, they don't do a very good job of it. Yeah, and you know, and I I think that you know the bank that uh, went under out here in uh, Silicon Valley, I think no. another one another one just bought them, and I can't think who it is now. I was going to print it up and didn't get around to it, but my mystery. It's it's, yeah. it's going to be one of the bigger ones. We're starting when you see things like hey, what happened to uh, SV Bank and Signature and Credit Suisse. Um, the bigger banks, the giant banks, the too big to fail banks, they will swoop in and they will buy things for pennies on the dollar. But all that does is keep concentrating wealth and, and economic and financial power into less and less and less and less of a group of, of people. And that gets a little dangerous because competition suffers. And you, you know, say so when, when you've got yeah, go ahead yeah when you, when you've got when you've got a very small group of people who can get together over lunch and decide which way money is going to go that gets a little dangerous it's it's not it's not in line with with what capitalism and the free market is supposed to be it's a, it's, it's a dangerous and and uh, a kind of a, I'm going to oppressive. It's, it's an oppressive way to do economics. It, it's totally controlled. It's centralized, and that's never good. When you centralize power in anything, whether it's government, economics, it's never good. So, Yeah. And, you know, uh, Frank, when uh, Silicon Valley collapsed and people started talking about them and people that had worked there, and they, it was like, I got this imp- you know, You didn't even have to get the impression because they were saying, you know, these people – that were running the bank, you know, most of them are stupid. They had no idea what they were doing, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And in your report, you say when one of those banks recklessly mismanages its risk portfolio, the United States taxpayers have no choice but to bail them out. It all falls on the taxpayer, doesn't it? No, we're, we're, not, we're not supposed to. Yeah. The Federal Reserve itself is supposed to be the lender of last resort. They're the ones who are supposed to take it in the chops, but there, there's never been a time where the banks take it in the chops. They always pass it on to to 
the depositor and the taxpayer. And we saw this in 2008. We've seen this a few times throughout contemporary history, but we especially saw it. The prime example is in 2008, too big to fail. So the Federal Reserve came in, printed money. We had inflation. We had zero zero interest rates because they they felt that they could quell that crisis by just printing money and making money free. In some cases, it was negative interest rates where they were paying banks to take money, which is just stupid. You know, instead of letting them fail so that the message is sent, you can't, you have to be more responsible with the risks you take. Now, one of the things that's happening this time around, there's a little more blame to spread around. Um, the, the onus of the blame has to sit with the Fed for the mismanagement of the interest rates since 2008. Because these these banks, you know, SV Bank was doing what banks are supposed to do. They were investing in treasury bonds, long-term bonds, the most stable instrument there is out there. But when you have the interest rates start shooting up like the Fed did over this last year, it makes the yields of those bonds insufficient to cover what they have to cover with the deposits. So the Fed caused this. The Fed, saying... the Fed, caused, the Fed caused these banks to crash because these banks did what they're supposed to do. They invested in treasury bonds. And you say in this report that uh, SVB couldn't give depositors their money because it was held in their long-term bond investments that were no longer worth as much, and the panic withdrawal continued. See, because this is not my expertise, all right? When they say they were held in long-term bond investments, uh, who's holding that money? Is it stashed away? Has it been shipped off? Uh, no, suppose- let's, let's, let's take the Treasury bonds, for example. Okay. We've got 10, 10 and 30-year Treasury bonds that are the most common for people to invest in. They don't pay off in whole until the 10 or the 30 years, depending on which instrument you invest in. So these banks, because this is supposed to be a sure thing, the most stable vehicle for investments, these banks said, let's get a bunch of 30-year 30 30-year notes from the U.S. Treasury. So they're holding these, these notes for 30, 30-year bonds. And as the return... You know, the, the value of that is supposed to stay there. With the inflation, the value of the money they invested went down. When, when inflation goes up, it takes more money to buy the same gallon of milk it did a week ago. Mm-hmm. So the value of the money that, uh, that the banks were holding in those bonds went down. Therefore, their tangible assets went down. The value of their assets went down. And when people wanted their money that they invested... They couldn't, they couldn't bring it back because they couldn't borrow against it. So they sold these notes because they needed to be liquid at less than what they would be getting for what they signed on there for the 30 years. And the reason they got less is because of the interest rate that the Fed jacked up to control inflation. If the Fed would have been on top of it, their regulators would have been looking at SV Bank and saying, You've got to watch your. You've got to watch how you're investing right now, because when interest rates go up, you're going to be in trouble. So you need to diverse your portfolio. But they also needed to be const- 
constant in their stewardship of the economy through the interest rates. They left it at zero for way too long. Then COVID hit. After they, after quote unquote the COVID crisis was over, interest rates had to shoot back up because we were starting to see inflation. That's why they, that's how they try to control inflation. So right, with the me, interest rate, uh-huh. with the interest rates skyrocketing, the worth of those bonds went down, and therefore the worth of the value of those banks went down. And then when people started running to get their money out, their stock went down. So we mentioned the Federal Reserve, all right, is not a government entity. But then you have the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. And the fact that you got federal just in the front of that right there is almost misleading, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And you you say it protects your money and deposits accounts at the FDIC-insured institutions up to $250,000. So... Sounds oh, like, and this is, you know, you got nothing to lose, <laughs> almost. The, the, well, for for investors, for people who are depositing and holding less than 250000 in an account, uh-huh. they have this insurance. There's a scheme the Federal Reserve has through the banks that the banks pay up a premium to insure the money that they're holding in each account up to $250,000. But people who have larger payrolls than that, People who need liquidity in larger amounts than two hundred fifty thousand dollars, they they have deposits that are beyond that that aren't insured, and that was the that was the situation with with SV Bank and Signature Bank and and Credit Suisse. The larger accounts were uninsured, you know. So mm-hmm. that's that's a problem. That's why they went into receivership and you know. The, FDIC started to kick in with the people that had the accounts under $250,000. Then we had the illustrious brain of Janet Yellen come out and and float the idea that, well, you know, I think we could probably make an exception and just insure every every deposit. Well, now people started running on the banks because they wanted to get their money out before everything went to hell in a handbasket. And and that's that's why we can't do economics willy nilly. That's why the Federal Reserve. When you get into the history of these people, mm-hmm. when you get into the history of the House of Rothschild, when you get into to the Carnegies and the Rockefellers and everybody who sat at the table at Jekyll Island to create this monster, it never should have happened. But it but it, their pet president ushered it into being. And who was that pet president? My favorite president. Woodrow Wilson. Wow. You know, this guy this guy did more damage to the United States than could than we can possibly fathom today from from the bringing in of the idea that experts know best and let's create a giant bureaucracy in the executive branch to creating the Fed. I'll tell you this what. Guy, I want to hear about damn, this guy Woodrow Wilson a little bit more right after the break, all right? Since he's one of your favorite people, we know Frank could probably go on for an hour and a half talking about him. Probably knows things that he doesn't even know, yes. Frank Savato, host of the Underground USA podcast. That uh, website is undergroundusa.com. We'll be right back. Handcrafted exotic blend teas at the lowest shipping cost anywhere. Hi, I'm CJ, owner of the Emerald Coast Tea Company. We ship our premium gourmet blends with Sindel, offering you the lowest shipping prices anywhere. 
while also being carbon neutral. Excellent tea at the right price. Check us out at www.emeraldcoastteacompany.com. Honey, this ain't your mom's tea. So when they first uh, got together on here, uh, what was it, uh, J.P. Morgan said, uh, take my money and go ahead and start this thing. Am I right on track on that so far? Well, there was a, he was he was one of of I believe seven seven okay, that were invited that were invited to this round table in Jekyll Island, Georgia. Jekyll Island, yes. So, how much more? How much were they going to make on on being so generous with their money? Well, it's, it's incalculable. <laughs> you know, these they were they came up with a scheme to control the worth of money for the United States of America, and as you know, we're we're going to talk about Woodrow Wilson a little bit, but as we started looking at a more globalist, a globalist eye as far as our politics and government was concerned, the the Federal Reserve started to be the powerhouse core, especially after World War II, in the international community through the UN and the UN's creation of the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund. And, and organizations like that, that gave low interest loans to countries around the world. And because they were drawing off these loans from the Federal Reserve, the U.S. taxpayers were on the hook for them all. So if you have a third world country who has a, an international monetary fund loan or a world bank loan that they default on, the U.S. taxpayer pays for it. You know, but that gets into this this behemoth that this has become. That's why the the Federal Reserve now is a. They really should change the name. They really should because it's this international conglomerate of of banks and banking systems that that isn't just taxed with keeping the U.S. economy healthy, and that's why they've fallen down on the job. Um, a great in in the piece, I've got embedded a video. And it's an animated video, so a lot of people will look at it and say it can't be serious. But it's the most serious film, that 29 minutes of, of, of video I've ever seen. It, in short order, because the Federal Reserve is such a tangled web, in short order, it explains the genesis of it. It explains what it was supposed to do. But more importantly, it shows what it's become and how it affects you personally. And it is a dangerous organization of people who don't give a damn about your savings, your wealth, or your money. It's all about protecting the banks. And so Frank, I, I, urge, people... urge every, I urge everybody to go over there and look at this video. If you do nothing else, if you, even if you don't read the piece, which I hope you do, please watch the video because it's going to open your eyes and it's going to tick you off. Yeah, and I have to confess that I did not get to watch the video because for some reason it was not uh, I was having some computer problems over the weekend which was also nothing new uh, but, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, bet that after you watch it I get a phone call from you okay <laughs> just want just wanting to rant for about 15 minutes about how are they getting away with this that's that's how that's how eye-opening this little video is well if you want to rant for 15 minutes I mean you know we got we got uh, 32 minutes left. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but 
it's like how how do people fall into that? Is is it, I I know that you hear these words, you know, false security or you know, uh, uh, in reserve or whatever, you know, like did they make it out like nothing was ever going to go wrong? Well, of course they they were you know they out of chaos. Remember this uh-huh. is this came out of the Great Depression. Uh, out of chaos, they took the opportunity to bring in what was couched as the greatest solution. We'll put a we'll put a system of banks together right. so that when a bank goes to fail, we can step in and supply. We can take community and we can take the community of banks and prop up the bank that is failing, and no banks will ever fail fail again. And if if there's a run and all kinds of banks fail, well, in the last resort, we're it's backed by the by. The U.S. Treasury. So they made it sound like, you know, the taxpayers, it's so far out of reality that you'll ever get touched by this because the banks will the banks will step in and we'll, we'll manage the money. We're the experts, right, President Wilson? We're the experts in finance, so why don't we run the money? And they drafted up legislation that gave the Federal Reserve the power to regulate the economy yeah. And and coin currency. Now, it's interesting when you look at the U.S. Constitution that it says that Congress has the right to coin money. It doesn't say anything about printing money. All right. If you wanted well, to get, let's uh, let's take that bottom of the hour break. Snuck up on me there. Sorry about that. We'll get back to printing money and coining money. Yes, either one up would work for me. Be right back. When you're high, you feel different. You think different, you talk different, you draw different, you listen to music different, but you probably knew that. Problem is, you also drive different, and not in a good way. That's why driving high is illegal everywhere. So if you're high, just don't drive. Make a plan to get a sober ride. Because if you feel different, you drive different. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Uh, what would you think would be the percentage of people that uh, think it is? 80%? Oh, probably probably more than that. More, okay. You know, and, and the people who understand how the Fed works and, and what it does is even less than that. You know, it's when you complicate something beyond easy comprehension, um, people tend to just, you know, they... They glance over it. It gets to it get their, their eyes glaze over, and they say, "Well, they they run the money, you know, that kind of thing." It's almost as if they actually complicated it on purpose to make sure that we wouldn't want to take the time to get to know how it works. Yeah, like, you know, and and they did what progressives do. And remember, this mm-hmm. is genesis out of the out of the progressive the progressive slot, you know, with Woodrow Wilson because he was the first real hardcore progressive left president we had, um, they confused the name. You know, just like Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood came out of the progressive movement as well. There's, you know, Planned Parenthood, but it sounds awfully nice for what they do. Yeah, really. <laughs> you know, that's like saying abortion is about women's health. You know, they they take words and titles and and names of organizations and they make them sound appealing and less representative of what they do. So when we talk about the Federal Reserve, you know, they named it the Federal Reserve to give the illusion that it was something that had this authority of the United States government. 
And they did that on purpose. Never run dry. Yeah. You know, I was reading uh, about this uh, Representative uh, Carter class that was really involved, and he was uh, with uh, the help of Henry Parker Williams, Professor Washington, and uh, they would come to wield enormous influence over a subcommittee whose members, they say, (laughs) had little knowledge of banking and finance. But it was just these two guys were really involved in it. And uh, the last bill was providing for a system of regional banks. I guess that meant they would have uh, Federal Reserve banks everywhere, huh? Well, they do. We, we, have seven, we have seven Federal Reserve banks. Seven. And that's why when you look at uh, um, you know, the notes, because remember, our dollars are Federal Reserve notes. So we've got a Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, which ironically, when we go back to the the uh, SV Bank debacle, um, and this is something that needs to be investigated as to how this could possibly happen, um, the chairman of that bank also sat on the San Francisco Federal Reserve Board, which is also where Janet Yellen came from. So, you know, we, we need to have investigations into this, but the Federal Reserve wields incredible power at Capitol Hill. So I don't have a lot of faith that those investigations will go as deeply as they need to. But we've got regional Federal Reserve banks. You know, we have one in New York. We have one in Chicago. There's one in Dallas. I believe there's one in Atlanta. There's one in San Francisco. Uh, I think there's one in Los Angeles. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the full list, but they are regionals, and they all have seats at the big, the at the big entity, which is the Federal Reserve. The chairmen get together. Of all those chairmen, uh, Jerome Powell is now the chairman of the Federal Reserve System. So it is. It did set up regional banks. They still exist today. Uh-huh. And that's just one more layer of bureaucracy that gets to create another layer within the web that makes it hard to understand who actually makes the rules, what the rules actually are, who wields the power, who should be held accountable when they don't do their job. That's the big one here. You know, we say the Federal Reserve, they're to blame. They, they, they screwed up with the interest rates. Well, who are their, what are their names? Yeah. What are the good, what are the names of the luck. people? Does uh-huh. anybody know? We know Jerome Powell because he's always talking to Congress. But if I didn't tell you that Janet Yellen used to used to head the Federal Reserve Board out of San Francisco, nobody would know, because these names they stay in the shadows. It's just this behemoth organization called the Federal Reserve. You know, we talk also about all the secrecy that was done in all of this, and uh, uh, they say that. Uh, the, the, they worked secretly, and this is interesting, with Republicans having little involvement in crafting the legislation. And, you know, then we, you say, do we have intelligence to move forward? Now, you do mention uh, Rand Paul, Republican Kentucky. Seems mm-hmm. to be one of the few people that really get his nose, you know, into what's going on. There, there are a few people in Congress that exist on the right side of the aisle, and I'm in happily, I say, a couple on the left side of the aisle that have always been critical of the Federal Reserve. Rand Paul's father, Ron Paul, uh, who ran for president several times as a libertarian, who was tarred and feathered for having fidelity to the Constitution. You know, when, you, when you're, a, when you're a, um, 
a newbie to politics and you listen to what the mainstream media actually does when they paint people the way they do, uh, you can't fault someone for thinking that Ron Paul may have been a little shot out of the box. But when you start reading what he had to say and you listen to him instead of the summaries that that his detractors like to give and and the, the summaries and interpretations that the mainstream media like to portray him as meaning when you listen to his words he educates and makes a lot of sense and has fidelity to the constitution uh higher than a lot of people on capitol hill so does his son mm-hmm. and both of them have said for for as long as i've been politically aware that the Federal Reserve needs to be looked into, if not abolished. His book, End the Fed, makes a great argument for that. And, and it's because it's really a socialist system of economics. When you're taking from one to cover the other, you know, it's uh, to, to each according to his means, I believe is part of the whole the mantra of the, of the socialist movement. Competition is stifled. Uh, as as we have now, and we were talking about the Constitution and and the the fact that it says that Congress has the right to coin to coin currency. Uh, that matters. That word matters. Sounds like crypto, doesn't it? Well, it it does, but that's not where I'm going with this. Yeah. <laughs> our 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 currency in the beginning was based on gold and silver. That's why every now and then you'll see somebody who has saved a silver certificate. Uh-huh. Which was worth one dollar's worth of silver. You know, we had we had gold notes. The dollar was based on on commodities. It was based on gold. We were on the gold standard. And when Nixon took us off the gold standard in the seventies, we we fell just automatically into the petrodollar because oil was the big commodity back then. It was it was tethered it was tethered unofficially to the petrodollar. This allowed the Fed to be able to say this is what the worth of money is through the manipulation of the interest rates. So it's not tethered to anything. It's what this group of people decide it's worth with the, through the manipulation of the interest rates. If we were back on the gold standard, you could say this is what this is what one dollar's worth of gold is. This is is a thousand dollars an ounce. That means one one thousandth a piece of, that's one one thousandth of an ounce of gold. That's a dollar. It's tangible. It's measurable. The market dictates what the dollar is worth, not the people who sit on a board deciding what the interest rate is going to be. That's and now we get into the Bitcoin thing. This is why Bitcoin, especially, and decentralized finance, is such a threat. To the Federal Reserve and the federal government. They can't control it. It's market-based. There are a finite number of, of Bitcoins that were minted, and that's it. And that worth goes up and down on the market, not because a group of people got together and said, well, you know, we need to control inflation, so let's up these interest rates, and then the value of money will go down. You know, this is this is why what the Federal Reserve is doing is not really free market capitalism. It's very manipulated. And when you start getting into the web that's been tangled around the globe, you realize that the U.S. taxpayer is on the hook for every bad decision financially around the world. And you wonder why we are where we're tr- tens of trillions of dollars in debt. 
seems like uh, about a month ago, I think it was, China had gone into the Afghanistan, you know, in the regions that we uh, abandoned. <clears throat> Pardon me. And uh, all of a sudden it was that uh, we're not paying for the stuff we're getting with the American dollar. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. They they want to get away from the U.S. dollar as a right. world reserve currency as as fast as possible, and that's very dangerous to the United States for a bunch of different reasons. But the fact that we would now have to we can't manipulate the value of the dollar if that happens on the world stage. We don't get to do that right now. We we have the benefit of being able to be the intermediary between different currencies. And and when we have the exchange rates favorable, it favors the U.S. dollar. They want to move away from that, and several several countries have decided to move away from the U.S. dollar. That's one of the things that China especially wants to institute in their move against the United States and the world stage. Has this been you going know, on quite a bit, or did it just pop out whenever Biden became president? No, this has been this has been going on since before before the Bush years. Oh, okay. This is something that that uh, the manipulators of currency around the world. This is something George Soros has been screaming for for a very long time. It's one of his one of the the platform numbers in his agenda to destroy the American dollar is to remove it from being the world currency, the world the the, the world exchange currency. So. You know, to protect the dollar, we need to protect the worth of the dollar, which the Federal Reserve is not doing today. They're doing it very ham-handedly if, in fact, they're attempting to do it at all. You know, which leads to the argument that they're really just in it to protect the banks. They're not in it to protect the dollar. So, I, you know, this also plays into... You know, and, and this is this is a little off little off track from the Federal Reserve talk we're doing, but with China and and Russia having an agreement, uh, a signed agreement of friendship, uh -huh. and those two countries now, you know, brokering China brokering peace between Iran and Saudi Arabia, which is a very dangerous, dangerous alliance because it reunites Sunni and Shiite. Which means you now you have a cohesive is Islamic world, and if they decide to go after the West the way that they want to go after the West, now they're doing it cohesively with the backing of China and Russia. You know now you bring in the financial uh, attack that right. China has been launching at the United States and their collusion with the World Economic Forum, who also wants to see the United States toppled and their system of finance toppled from being the preferred world system and we've got some problems yeah your 401k is not going to be what you think it is when it comes time to be able to withdraw from it you know me i you know i don't get involved this much with tiktok I've, I've never used it or whatever but the fact that i know all the things that uh, that it can do and all the tracing mm -hmm. from people and you talk about the flow of money and China and North Korea and, and Iran and Russia. And you wonder, you know, how hard would it be to collapse whatever money you have just uh, because of all the information they're getting on the phones on TikTok? Well, that is one, that is one part of, of how they have the ability to do this. 
and and I wrote about this in another piece over at Underground USA um, about TikTok and and China and how China is coming in to change our culture, and they do that by gleaning data from individuals. That's why if you've got TikTok on your phone, you got to get rid of it. You must get rid of it. You, you know, it, it's it's gleaning data whether you're using it or not from your device. And what the Chinese are doing with that is taking, they're learning about us as yeah. individuals and as a society, and they're they're starting to affect it. When you look at our colleges and universities, they've got institutions on on every major campus, and they've had them there for the past twenty twenty five years. And now what we're seeing is a sympathetic view amongst graduates towards communism and socialism. And this you know is who what was they're really, striving uh, to do. Yeah. They want to change our culture from within so mm -hmm. they don't have to fire a shot. And TikTok is a tool. And the biggest Congress critter that's behind TikTok right now is Alexandria Cortez. You know? Well, and all all of the the younger people in Congress on the left and the progressive left, they don't have a problem using TikTok. Yeah, you know, the people who don't pay attention to to the information that we're talking about about what TikTok can do and why it is the tool that it is, they just you know they're just putting up video of fuzzy kittens. They don't think they're doing, you know, well, what, mm -hmm. can, what can China learn from my fuzzy kitten TikTok thing? I, right. They can't yeah. learn anything. <laughs> it's not about that. It's about everything else you have on your phone. It's about everything else you have on your phone. Right. That's, why, that's why the CEO of TikTok was pulled in front of Congress, and both sides of the aisle grilled the man. Well, if they take because, our money, Frank, we'll go to the Federal Reserve and just tell them to give it back but, to us. Uh, yeah. Because we got to take a break. I'm not going to miss this break, okay? <laughs> Frank Savato, remember the website, Underground USA. Underground USA. We'll be right back. Don't let biased algorithms or degree screens or exclusive professional networks or stereotypes. Don't let anything keep you from discovering the half of the workforce who are stars. Workers skilled through alternative routes rather than a bachelor's degree. It's time to tear the paper ceiling and see the stars beyond it. Find out how you can make stars part of your talent strategy at tearthepaperceiling.org. Brought to you by Opportunity at Work and the Ad Council. Understanding that the Federal Reserve isn't a government entity, all right? And I guess uh, I also saw some information where this uh, Oklahoma Democrat, Senator uh, Owen, Robert Owen, he, uh, he was pleading with them, no more than 12 reserve banks. And here most people think there's probably one that's out there. What did you say there was, seven, I think? Is that what you're... I believe it's seven. I would, I I don't quote me on that. I didn't write it down. Oh, area. Um, <laughs> no, the, the thing here is that it's portrayed as being a central bank and when you listen to the media in many areas from many sources they portray it as a central bank they declare it that's the central bank of the united states is the federal reserve we weren't supposed to have a central bank just like we're not supposed to have a central government 
The federal yeah. government is not supposed to be the government that has the most power in our lives. It was supposed to be, that was supposed to belong to the states. That's why Article 10 is, is in the Bill of Rights. Anything that is not specifically enumerated to the federal government is reserved to the states. The federal government has figured out a way to sidestep that absolute in order to claw power to itself, including the creation of a central bank in the Federal Reserve. The idea, the theory, that banks would come together to help another bank out if there was a run on it, it's a great thought. But when you put in the elements of human nature that, that you know, don't wear the halo, and, and you look at people who are weak need to power and the acquisition of power, you've found some pretty big people in the hierarchy of that kind of greed in the people who put together the Federal Reserve. Hmm. You know, I, we've talked about this before. The book, The Creature from Jekyll Island, it's right. a long read, but it is an important read because it explains where we came from with this and where we are, and it will open your eyes. If you don't have time to read it, which, you know, as an American, we have certain responsibilities to know things. This is one of them. It, it, you'll be moved to read it if you just watch the video that is embedded over in this article at undergroundusa.com. 29 minutes out of your life, it's going to change it because you'll understand our financial policy and, and what the Federal Reserve is and what it does to you every single day much, much better. And it will make you angry. It really will. You'll watch it and you'll go, how did this happen? When you, look at, when you look at the people behind the Federal Reserve going back to the House of Rothschild, they finance both sides of, of war. <laughs> they financed the Germans and they financed the English. So who, how could they lose? They're pitting nations against each other. Yeah. It's sort of a, it. it's a coin flip, right? Yep. Heads I win, tails you lose, right? That's correct. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Frank Savato, Underground USA podcast and his website, Underground USA, uh, Captain's America, Third Watch. That's uh, twice weekly on Salem and Genesis Communication and affiliate stations. Thank you very much, sir. Look forward to our next visit. We'll talk soon, Chuck. All right. Thank you, Swade. Uh, thank you for listening, and God bless the United States of America. If you like the podcast, please subscribe, leave a comment, and a rating if your platform lets you. And please head on over to undergroundusa.com and sign up for our Substack. It comes straight to you, straight to your email inbox, circumventing the censors. Independent journalism at its best. And that's going to be incredibly important moving forward as they try to control the narrative even more than they have in the past. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. I'll be right back after this. This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.